Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And I did that pregnant pause because one of my favorite guests is back on the air today. We found Tommy boy. He has been off. I won't even tell him what you've been doing, but you can tell him if you want. But it's been busy for Tom for the past two or three months. And he is back to talk about a very, very cool topic because you know, many of us are a little fraidy scared of this whole virtual selling thing. We feel <laughs> much <scared>. more vulnerable. <laughs> I think that's probably exactly how our vast listening audience would describe it. Is I am so when I think of virtual selling, I am fraidy scared. I'm fraidy scared of virtual selling. I think we but, should tell them what I've been doing, Scott. Since you, you like, they, they probably think I've been in prison or something. Well, I mean. That's why I left it up to you to tell. If you want to tell them about your sentence and, and your time served, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, as you know, I, I just sent my book to the publisher. Yes. So indeed. we wrapped it up. Um, we'll have a little bit more to do, I'm sure, before it goes live in, in 2021. But i um, glad to uh, have that off my plate and back into the real world. And I know our listeners can't wait for that book to come out in time for uh, Christmas next year, maybe. Yeah, that's probably that's probably great right. stocking stuff for next year. So, mm -hmm. but we're very excited. So, so Tom, before we get into vulnerability of virtual selling and, and how it makes sales reps feel, I know there's something cold, frosty, and refreshing in front of you, and you you've just got to crack that. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm kind of in a rut a little bit. Ah, there it is, because I keep I keep wanting to drink these citrusy IPAs. So I'm having a luau. Oh wow. From from uh, Terrapin, which is located in Athens, Georgia, near Atlanta. You do stay and, local. Yeah, I did. Did I say local? You. It's got 6.5 ABV. Okay. Nice uh, character, good finish, crisp finish. And um, I think um, it's an independent, politically speaking, it's an independent. <laughs> which down in Georgia. Yeah. The rarity for the next month. Rarity. And not as cold as I'd like it, but. Um, well. You're probably going to survive. I am going to do something um, a little crazy, somewhat local to me. I'm going to go with a whale's tail pale ale. I just kind of whale's like Whale's tail. I like, I like a whale's tail. A whale's tail pale ale, Cisco Brewers of Nantucket. Mm. This is a five and a half ABV. So we're going to mm. crack that. You know that I have never been to Nantucket. That is a travesty on your part. I know. I've been to Martha's Vineyard, but I need to go to Nantucket. I wish if I ever travel again. Although, you know, by the way, I'm coming to your neck of, wood, neck of the woods in a couple of weeks. Oh, we so can do we'll a have live podcast? The scene. You'll have, we'll have to have some sort of, some card or something. Well, absolutely. But we will wear masks and we will social distance because that's the absolutely. right thing to do. I'm wearing a mask. I wear a mask by myself at home. Yeah, but you're supposed to wear it on your face. Anyway. Oh, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, as we get back to work here, um, you know, Tom, I just have this question, like, why is it that we feel so vulnerable when selling virtually versus how we felt when we sold, you know, face to face? We had a comfort with that. You know, is it because of the technology? Is it because we're afraid of looking foolish? There's probably many, many reasons. But this yeah. is a question that kind of came up from our audience that there's just this feeling of vulnerability. And what are some of the ways that maybe we can overcome this fear? And so that's our topic for the today. And given that vulnerability. you're the, you're Sounds the like sales Brene guru. Brown book, like what Brene, Brene, Vulnerability and Virtual Selling by Brene Brown. I love that. I love mm -hmm. it. Let's write another book. You know, book. for me, and I'm, I'm, 
as um, anybody that's listened to our podcast before, you know, I spend a lot of time in the field selling our solution. Yeah. And for me, the, the, the reason I feel vulnerable is a lot of times I feel like I'm talking to a wall versus to a person. Yes. And that just feels awkward. You know, you're just like the other day I had a meeting and, it, and the system just went out and all I'm, I'm looking at my computer. I'm not seeing anybody. And I'm just, who, who am I talking to? And they're looking at my screen and not looking at me. You know, when you walk into a room and you're going to meet with somebody face-to-face. Now, inside sellers, they, they face this all the time. But for field sales reps who are transitioning into this virtual selling world, they're used to walking into a room. You meet people. You chat a little bit. You get the business card. You say something. You say, well, where are you from? You have a little chit-chat. You don't just start cold. This is more like you just all of a sudden go. Yeah. Especially if there's a lot of people on the call. And then you feel like you're talking to, you know, a wall. So I, I think that's, that's for me why it feels a little bit more vulnerable. I also think one of the drivers is most sellers are struggling to hit their number. Yeah. Right. So there's more pressure on the decision makers to make better decisions. The, 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 the competitive landscape has grown. Everybody's got time to prospect. You're getting more emails. It's harder to get break through the clutter. It's harder to win deals. It's harder to get the time of the decision maker. They're more accessible, but they don't want to spend as much time. It's harder to get access to the real decision maker. So when you start to feel that pressure, then there becomes a lot of pressure on the meeting. And then it all's condensed. The time's condensed and it's just, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough selling right now. Well, and it, and it probably forces reps into their natural state of selfishness right yeah. it's all they start to become and, and i think we've all been through this you start to feel that weight like i'm not going to make my commission i'm not going to make my targets with my company i'm going to get in trouble it's right. all about me me i i i and you take your eye off the the ultimate ball which is you're still supposed to be satisfying your customers needs and helping mm-hmm. them with what's wrong on their whiteboard and 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 performing in another centered fashion so why don't we do this? Why don't we get into a little dialogue and give our loyal audience, you know, a couple takeaways, some things that they can do to sort of alleviate this feeling of vulnerability and uh, give them a little list of things to go try. All right. So well, I put together a list, you know, the top five, not the top 10, but the top five hmm. of no what Dave I have. This is, these are all these are all things that have worked for me to help mm. me feel more comfortable selling virtually. Yeah. Uh, number one is to recenter yourself. Right. So, and, and as you just mentioned, I try to remember, I make it, I make a decision stop and try to remember that the purpose of this meeting is to help them solve their problem. It's not about, it's not about me winning a deal. And the, I like to say the decision that you make before the meeting will determine what happens in the meeting. Right. And so I try to reset my compass before the meeting so that it doesn't point to me and it points to the customer and that settles me. That, that's like, okay, this isn't about me. This is how can I help them? And so that takes the pressure off me. And also in the, the way that um, I can easily get there is because I'm remind myself that I'm going to be more successful when I serve. Yeah. So I'm not really giving up anything. I'm actually becoming more comfortable because when I'm comfortable, I'm, I'm much more effective yeah. Think more clearly. Um, you, you can on the spot make a move to it. You're like, like the other day in a meeting, I'm like, time out. Look, I'm trying to help you. And I don't know what you mean by that. And you want me to present to this team, but I'm confused. 
And if I'm going to help you, I can't be confused. And that just naturally flowed because I was trying to help them, not versus yeah. I'm trying to win this deal. How do, what do I need to say next? And so it's just that little shift. The other thing I would say about, um, about making that decision to be other centered, I would also vocalize that at the beginning of the meeting. And so yeah. I like to start off by saying, my goal today is to share with you some best practices from what we've learned from other companies we've helped. It's not about me winning the deal, but it's about sharing how we've helped other people solve the problem you're trying to solve. And so that's what I'm going to do. At the end of that, the basically the way that I'm going to talk to you about this and what I'm going to share will reveal to you if you think we can solve your problem. So yeah. instead of me trying to sell you something, I'm just going to share what needs, needs to happen for you to do to solve this problem and just kind of walk them through that. And so everybody gets relaxed. I'm relaxed. They're relaxed. Now you got to mean that because if you're like, you say it, but then you go, let me show you what I'm going to tell you. Then it, it obviously will backfire. Well, we always talk about motive is transparent. If you yeah. really don't feel that way, it, it's going to be, they're going to see through it and it's, it's not going to work out. You know, while you were talking about this recentering yourself, I had this visual of you in a tug of war with yourself trying to drop the rope and I'm, I'm yeah. I can't figure out how that all worked, but well, it is kind of a drop the rope because yeah. you're saying, I'm not going to try to pull you to my position. Yeah. I'm not going to try to pull you. I'm going to let you go and I'm just going to serve you yeah. again. When you're not, when your numbers in jeopardy, it's much harder to do that. Yeah. But just, just keep reminding yourself that you're more successful when you focus on serving the customer. You ask better questions. You say things like, I don't think that's a good next step. If you want me to present this solution to your team and you're only going to give me 30 minutes and these people aren't going to be in the room, how are you going to make a decision? When you're not afraid to lose, you yeah. say those things. And then people go, yeah, you're right. And then you set yourself up for success. When you're afraid, when you're trying to win, which happened to me about three months ago, you keep trying to say the right thing and it, it just becomes more of a seller buyer relationship versus a trusted partner relationship. Well, and I think the main thing I'm taking away from this is you're just, when you, when you're so afraid of mistakes or saying the wrong thing, you're not yourself. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, if you are truly other centered and, and wanting to serve and we're never more fulfilled when we're served than when we're serving others, um, you, 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 you will probably clam up a little bit, but if you are just being yourself, trying to help somebody, the conversation is much more, you know, conversational and it yeah. flows better. Right. So, well, and you, the way I like to think about it is I have an aroma, you know, you people don't you, you think about it, you have an aroma, you know, you have, you have a, like I'm in a deodorant commercial. Yeah. So, so <laughs> like if, if I'm, un, if I'm, uh, if I'm other centered, yeah. you know, it, it's a pleasant, it's, but if I'm not, people say, you know, when somebody's working you, you know, when somebody's nervous, totally. you know, when somebody is, is kind of angling, but when, but you also know that somebody's like, wow, this person is different. This person yeah. is grounded. They just like, they're doing their thing. And they're just like, this is their, they're confident and people are drawn to that. People make emotional decisions and support them with intellectual alibis. When they emotionally connect with you and they feel like you're trying to serve them, they are drawn to you. I That's what great. makes you attractive. Yeah. 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 Well, I mentioned, you know, um, this, this fear of making mistakes, but I think your second sort of tip here is, is really, really important. Don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. I, I think I like to think of it as just 
embrace failure. This is new. For some of you, this is new. And anytime you try something new, you are going to fail. I mean, you think about any sport anything. you tried to learn, a musical instrument or cooking, anything you're going to try to learn that's new, you're going to fail. So embrace it. So like, that's just part of the process. You're like, you don't own it. Like, you know, you get on a call and the technology doesn't work and you can't see the people and something happened and you lost your place or just laugh about it and go, okay, that's, that's just chalk it up. Okay. That's just, that's okay. And if you're okay with it, your audience is going to be okay with it. Yeah. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to be perfect practice. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, but just embrace that you're going to fail. And if you're willing to embrace that failure is part of it, you're not going to be too sensitive to get feedback. Like I made a presentation uh, Monday morning and uh, I had a meeting with the person that was on the call to, with me and I, we spent 45 minutes and they coached me on what I could do better Yeah, because I was using a new platform that I'd never used before, which is, which is a mistake that I didn't practice on that right. platform. Um, and so I, you know, I'm like, okay, that's just what happened. So I need to get help. So I got help. I sought feedback and he coached me on what I could do differently. He taught me how to use teams versus zoom, which is what I'm familiar with. And so I'll get better versus, uh Oh, I am my identity. My significance is affected. I feel like a failure. This is a major thing. I'm nervous. You know, just it's, it's part of the process. Well, and you just said something there that I don't want to glance over because I think as sales reps, typically there's an ego involved. We all have yeah. one. And um, sure. our ability to ask for feedback, um, maybe, maybe we do with our coach or our, our sales manager, but maybe we don't even do that because we, we, we have this opinion of ourselves. You asked for feedback afterwards. You're the yeah. CEO of the company and you had somebody walk you through how you could get better and how you could have improved that. That's, that's such a key ingredient that I don't want to lose sight of here. You know, I think the way I look at it, I forgot who taught me this, but if you, somebody knows or has the information that you need to get what you want or to yeah. get, to get as good as you need to get or get better, somebody knows it. the information that you need to get where you want to go is available. That, that was like a revolution. Like, okay, so all you have to do is have the humility to seek it. Yes. yes. And we all have gaps. There's just no way. And so if somebody has information and I can get better, uh, I actually think that's the number one driver to getting be to being successful and reaching yeah. your potential is just seeking feedback. Yeah. You know, I, I thought about this the other day. It's part of writing the book is I have interviewed probably – I know over a hundred sales reps. I bet it's probably two, 300 sales reps, maybe even more over in my career. Yeah. I have never had one sales rep that I didn't hire. Call me back and get feedback. Yeah. You know, I've never had, he's like, well, what did you, I've also who sellers who sold to me, you know, who, you know, like, and then they find out what I do. Well, what do you do? Well, I'm a sales training company, blah, blah, blah. And we do, we teach people how to sell. Never had one. I've had one person, in 35 years say, that's not 35 years, 25 years, uh, say, well, how'd I do? Well, how would you, you know, I'm like, here you, you're talking to someone who has a company and all I do is we train you. So it's, it, but it's like, but the, but the, but the top performers do. That's a, that's a, I mean, if anybody could take that one thing away, seek feedback. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, when you guys came into APC when we were there, that was, that was a culture we were building there of, yeah. 
it was a little bit forced feedback, but, but we were building a habit within the, you know, when you didn't get an interview, when you interviewed and didn't get the job, we brought you back in and gave you feedback on, you know, the why. Right. We made the decision we that made. was an internal employee. It was an stuff. internal, like, just yeah, right. pro- process that Mark and, and the rest of the team put in place. But I think, and a lot of our listeners are ex-APC people, they probably remember that. But what you're saying is that put that onus on yourself. You've yeah. got to be the one that asks for it. You have to thirst for that knowledge of, of why you failed at something, and that will help you get better. I think that's a key, key ingredient. Well, it's also right. less painful. It's less painful for me to call somebody and say, hey, could you give me feedback? They're going to be kind. Yeah. And, and it feels, it's just less painful versus somebody finally coming up to you and go, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you are finding out they're talking about you behind your back or the customer <laughs> says it. It's like, yeah. And are that's you something- where you want to sell for a living, Tom? Because this is really not your game. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of... You're not not awesome at this. Well, Well, the reality is I think one of the things too is when you get feedback, you realize what you're gifted at. And the faster you can figure out what you're gifted at and talented at, then you're going to be happy and fulfilled. I do love that. We've we've actually done a podcast on on entirely on seeking feedback. And I remember talking about, you know, be be willing to accept positive feedback and accept it graciously and 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 be proud of that. And by the way, they're telling you that because they want you to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Not be, you know, it's, it's not totally uh, other centered. They want to make sure you keep doing that. And they tell you that it's, that it's good. One other quick, I want to make one other quick point is before we leave this topic and don't get feedback from people that, that aren't for you. Yeah. Right. And you probably know that, but it's, it's important to find people who are for you, you know, versus, Oh, wow. This is a great opportunity. <laughs> I'm really going to get my claws out and dig in. Oh boy. Sure. You want feedback from me? I mean, there may be times where that's important, but anyway, we can leave the feedback subject, but I I do think that's, that is the number one thing that drives people's success is willingness to give feedback. Good. So you mentioned that you, you had a little bit of a failure on Monday and that you wanted to come back to a topic of, of practice. So talk, talk to us about your third point. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend a dress rehearsal. So one of the things we've been saying about virtual selling is good is not good enough. Yeah. It, you, you, there's no room for error. You, you really need to nail it. So especially like in this case, I had to use somebody else's platform. Right. So we, we said we don't present unless we're going to use it on our platform. But they said, sorry, because of firewalls or whatever, you've got to use Teams versus Zoom. And I didn't do a dress rehearsal. I just, I was kind of jammed and it was a, it was quick timeline and I was so focused on the content and what I was going to say, I never did a dress rehearsal with their platform and five minutes in everybody disappeared. Yeah. And I didn't know how to get them back. I didn't know what to do. So that would have been avoided if I had a dress rehearsal and not only because of the need to, um, you know, learn a new platform, which some people won't have to do, but it's just get, get your talking points down. You don't want to be, you don't want to be leaning on your um, PowerPoint to make your point. You want to be talking to them. And we'll talk about that too. You want to be able to make eye contact. And the more you're prepared, the more comfortable you are, the more you can talk to them versus being driven by your PowerPoint um, and managing the technology that might be a little uncomfortable. 
Yeah, I think I think it's a great point. Dress rehearsals. I mean, it's it's so easy to do, and it's just it's just time. It's just practice, mm -hmm. and you know, in this new world, and we're we're going to be working from home offices for the foreseeable future. We'll see we'll see what happens with vaccines and stuff next year, but let's just assume we're in this for a while. Th this technology thing has to just be second nature to us. We've just yeah. got to learn it. We've got to be able to to move in and out. And you know, there's we've written, you've written, you know, a bunch of us have written on this in recent weeks and months that you've got to differentiate yourself online now. And one of the ways you can do that is a flawless technical, you know, aspect of your presentation. Right. The other thing is just mixing it up a little bit and, and, and not just staring into the screen and reading off a slide. That's not going to get you anywhere. That, that would be good, not good enough. And you're, and you're not, you're not mm -hmm. going to differentiate yourself. So, well, and that's a really good that. point, Scott. Like if you want to try a poll or do some chatting or do something creative, you want to use a second camera right? and, and you get on the whiteboard or get on the flip chart or whatever yeah. you, all of those things you need to try. But like, yeah. for example, let's say you're going to create a, an, an interesting creative poll. Well, don't, don't, it shouldn't be the first time that you try the poll to get the feedback on That's right. live. You should like get feed, try it first and see what happens. And yeah, that's a good point. You know. Now, yeah, obviously we're talking about presentations versus discovery. So discovery meetings via zoom or a little bit or via whatever conference platform you're using. Um, yeah. It's a little less stressful. You probably don't need to do a dress rehearsal for that. That's more about figuring out what you want to ask and et cetera. Yeah, the only thing about the discovery meetings is learn to learn to ask if you mind, Mr. Customer, if I record this. And ah, good point. there's so many reasons like this technology has changed former field reps ability to get the feedback on themselves that they they should be seeking. Right. If you hit record, not only do you and we've talked about this on other podcasts, but I'll just repeat it for those listening maybe for the first time. Record so that you can tell the customer, "Hey, you know, you don't have to take notes. I don't have to take notes. I'm going to record this. I'll send you the recording if you want. At least we both know what things we discussed and what actions were agreed right. to. And, you know, that's the, that's the benefit to the customer. The benefit to you is now you can listen to it and go, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that that way. Or I can't believe. And you can self-audit and maybe share it with your manager because we do want those who help those who sell for a living to, to be part of this podcast as well. Right. Those folks can now help you audit that call and see what happened differently. It's like back to the days of inside selling 25 years ago on a phone, yeah. right? And it is painful. Yeah. It is painful to hear yourself and it is painful to see yourself, but do it. It's, it's great. It's back to the, the feedback piece. I love that you brought that up. I've noticed when I watch my recordings, you know, I'm like, I do little things that can be distracting. And so I, by watching myself, I've realized I have a couple little distracting habits, oh. like licking my lips, no. um, like, you, you know, just certain things I Fluffing do. your hair, you never fluff. I never, my hair looks great. My hair is <laughs> never distracting. <laughs> but there is a little things that you, and when you see it, you're like, okay, I'm not gonna do that anymore. And, and plus, the more you hear yourself and see yourself, the more comfortable you'll get. And you'll get, you'll get over that, uh, you know, but, but again, it's about getting, it's about getting better and embracing that you're, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No one's perfect. But if we yep. want to, we want to keep getting better, we, we watch ourselves and then you can't do that if you don't record. Absolutely. All right. As we move to number four, kind of just talked about this, you know, this, whether you're on a discovery call or a presentation, this is a key one. Yeah. The, 
just a reminder that you want to make eye contact. So back to what we talked about earlier, if I walk into a room and I'm meeting with people, even if I have a PowerPoint presentation up or a product that I'm going to demo or brochure or whatever, they're looking at me and I am looking at them and that feels comfortable. Like we are used to that, that um, the presence that we see. And there's, there's something that happens and it's even scientifically been a been proven that more empathy and rapport happens when we're looking at human beings. You can even think about what you do in a car. Oh yeah. When you're with people, you know, if you're all driving on the highway, there's a distance created by the car that you'll do things that you would not do if you were standing in line next to that person. I would not speed up. (laughs) Yeah. Road rage. Lots of things. But so when you're meeting virtually, stop sharing constantly and look them in the eye. Yeah. You know, look at their face and pretty if you keep doing that, you'll start to get the same feeling you got face to face. Well, you, 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 you can tell their body language a little bit better when you, when you, when you're not talking about a slide and it's not germane to have that slide up and you come back to a, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just you and me looking at each other. That is as close to face to face as we're going to get for a while. And you can see reaction. I mean, you and I were on a call with a sales rep six, eight months ago and she noticed you you know, you had a, watching me, a, yeah. a funny look on your face and she said, wait, 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 let's just stop here. Tom, that, that seems to have confused you. Why don't we mm-hmm. dig into that? And I, you know, I'm not going to say that that saved the deal or sold the deal, but it was certainly something you and I both noticed and um, was yeah, a great was, pregnant. Pause it was good. It's something that, yeah, because face to face, you would notice it's easy to see facial expressions and body language and all mm-hmm. that. So they had to, now, in that case, there was two people. One was presenting and the sales rep was watching. Yeah. So that was, that's, that's obviously a great situation to be in. Yeah. If you're by yourself, though, just build in as part of your, whether you're in discovery or you're in presentation mode, that, that you stop sharing your screen and look at them and talk to them. And that's back to being able to, uh, being, prepared enough to where you know what you want to do and say without having to look at the PowerPoint. Now, one of the tricks to the trade is if you've got two screens, you know, you can, you can move, you can see them and and have PowerPoint in one screen and look at their faces and see what's going on, but they can't necessarily see you. They don't, but if you stop sharing, it's just you and them. So that that's just one, one thing like that, that will lell, uh, you know, create, a little bit more comfort for you and make you feel less vulnerable. Yeah, I think that's, that's key. All right. Bring us home with number five. What's number five the of the top tip? five. I would say limit your risk and limit your risk, meaning um, two things, control the stage. In other words, don't, don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to fail. Yeah. So a lot of, what I'm seeing a lot as I look at our own sellers as well as working with other companies, there's a lot of meetings with evaluators and there's less access to the decision makers. And so the evaluators aren't as knowledgeable about this, the problem or the solution needed. And then they're also driving the process. And so you get less information and then they set you up for failure. Okay, well, here's what we think we need. And by the way, um, I've set up a meeting with these people and it's only gonna be 30 minutes and we want you to do this. And you're like, that's not gonna work. That's, you can sense that you're in uncomfortable that that's not, so that stop and communicate why it's in their best interest to do something different. 
Yeah. And sometimes you can't. So like in a meeting I was in recently where we were set up to do a presentation demo and I knew we didn't have the information to do the demo and talk about our program and answer their questions. So I brought up a slide once we met with the decision maker and kind of, it was like an orientation slide. And then I just stopped and said, let's talk a little bit about what you need. And then we never did the demo. Right. So I would, cause versus if I would have just started and said, based on what the evaluator said and just move into the presentation, it would have been very awkward. Yeah. So, so limit your risk, control the stage, control next steps. If they want you to do something that's not going to make sense, say no, yeah. but tell them why it's in their best interest for them to do something different. So um, I think that's, that will help you feel less vulnerable. I think we're too quick as sellers to let this customer lead the process and we really should lead the process. Yeah. I mean, this, we've, we've made this analogy or, or made this statement, I guess, many times on the podcast that we do this all day, every day. The customer may be in this sort of buying decision once in 10 right. years, once in five years, once in a career. And so, you know, yeah, there's no one more, you know, more certified to be able to lead these engagements than you. And so you've just got to have the confidence. And again, hopefully today you've, you've, you've taken some things away that will make you feel less vulnerable, uh, especially in this, this, you know, COVID environment where we're all remote and we're all virtual. And uh, it's been great. Tom, you did a great job here. I love, I love all five of these tips. Hopefully people got value out of it. You can drop comments down below. You can certainly, we hope you'll share this. We are seeing um, our numbers tick up. Uh, this what is- What do we have, like a billion listeners now? We've got millions, millions. but I think 150 loyal listeners. <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure it's in the millions. Yeah, it's, it's definitely in the millions. But no, we, um, you know, our 80th podcast. So we, are, we have got a, a good uh, reservoir for you to go back and look at older stuff and pick up all kinds. They're all documented and you can find all the, uh, the titles and descriptions and pick out what might be helpful to you. We hope you'll do that. And make sure you subscribe and share it with your friends. Uh, Tom, anything else before we uh, close today's show? Uh, no, I think that I think that is it. Um, oh, yeah, I did have one last thought. I did have one last thought, and related to um, kind of limiting the risk. I think right now people are struggling to articulate what they really need. They're not sure. Yeah. And so I think we need to be able to spend more time with them, helping them figure out what's really most important to them. I always talk about doing the eye test. Is it this or this? And when you can compare one thing versus another, yeah. you know, like, well, I'm not sure. Like, well, do you want this or do you want this? And I'm like, oh, I actually want that. It would help them figure out because I don't think right now they have the language. They're searching for what they need. Yeah. And no, so I point. think we need to help them work harder to help them do that. So that's just my last little thing tip before we close. Thanks, Scott. Thank you so much, Tom, for joining. And you've been listening to uh, vulnerability and how it's it's impacted all of us as sales reps during the COVID crisis. And if we're to believe that we're going to be in this remote environment for a while, we want to make sure you have the tools to overcome that, that feeling. And we will see you next week on another episode of Ales with Aslan. 